happened last night? I think he said last night. I said, it okay? He said, oh, he said, I was sleeping real good. He said, and something, he said, honestly, he said, I think, he said, it seemed like a finger reached out and touched me on the top of my head. And like these shocks like went all through my body. And he said, and then right after that happened, I heard 500 and just this peace came right over me. He said, so I know it's spiritual. And I said, well, yeah, it's spiritual. He said, so what's 500 mean? I said, I don't know, Brother Richard. I said, Brother Richard, I don't know. I said, well, I can tell you this. I don't know what 500 means. I said, I'll look in the Bible and see if I can find anything. And so far, I'm not coming up with anything. I said, but I do know this. I do know that, I said, I can give you two examples that will help you. And he said, okay. And I said, well, I said, Dad Hagen talks about how in 1987 he was praying um, in the spirit and he noticed that he'd make a circle with one hand and he'd take the index finger of the other hand and he'd go partway around the circle, about two-thirds of the way, and then he'd go back. And he kept doing this. He kept making this. He'd get so far around the circle and then cut back and go the other way. And while he was doing this, while he was praying, he started praying out plans. Plans, plans. And then he got to where he was praying, plans and purposes. Plans and purposes. Plans and purposes. And this went on for some time during prayer time. Uh, I think he said a week or so. And uh, he finally said to the Lord, he said, Lord, he said, I just perceive you're trying to get something over to me. I perceive there's more to this plans and purposes. He said, but I sure don't seem to be able to pick it up. He said, if there's something you're trying to get over to me, will you send somebody or a messenger or something to help me get over this? And uh, he went back to praying, and he would just get caught up in the spirit, and he'd catch himself doing this semicircle thing around his fan again. And finally, he said he prayed out plans, purposes, and pursuits. And shortly thereafter, the Lord Jesus came and talked to him. You can get the whole testimony out of this book back here, Plans, Purposes, and Pursuits. And uh, the Lord came to him right before camp meeting 1987 and talked to him for over three hours about how the church, that, that, every church, that God has a plan and a purpose for every church service. And it's the job of the pastor to steward that plan and that purpose. And that we're supposed to, uh, that the pastors and the congregation are supposed to get before the Lord in prayer and seek out God's plans and purposes, uh, and then we're supposed to pursue them, and, and we're supposed to seek God on how we're supposed to pursue them. Uh, basically, talk to him how the church is supposed to be run. It's a real good book. But that also, but then the Lord also told him, he says, this even applies to people's personal lives. I said, then, I said, you'll remember this from Brother Larry and, uh, from Brother Larry and Angela Keaton when they were in the church. Remember, they were doing prayer in school. And she was praying, they were praying, and all of a sudden she prayed out the word television. And she said, I don't know what that means. She said, Lord, I'm, not, I'm, I'm praying about the school. I'm not praying about television. But okay, Lord. And they just kept praying in the Spirit over a couple of days, weeks or whatever. And then they started praying out TV. And then somebody got the word time. Um, and they got to praying it out and praying it out and praying it out. And eventually, remember, they, the Lord opened up television for them in Poland? And uh, one of their students now runs uh, TBN in Poland. He runs the whole thing. He does their programming and everything. 
Uh, and remember, they had the first Christian TV show in Poland, but that was thing was prayed out. So I said, you know what? I said, Brother Richard, I said, I don't know what 500 means. I said, but it's obviously something in the spirit, and the Lord wants you to continue to pray about it. I said, so just keep praying about 500. So, and I told him, I said, here's what the church will do is we'll pick that up with you. And so when you're praying in the spirit, and you know, 500 comes to mind, just know you're hooking up with Brother Richard and just help him to pray it out because uh, he's praying this thing out. And I said, well, praise the Lord. And then I hung up the phone, and I didn't get the phone down to the counter before I remembered something. I called him right back, and I said, Brother Richard, Brother Richard. I said, this ain't the Bible at all, but I do remember. I said, but 500 is significant in one area. He said, what's that? I said, I know that Brother Randy's praying and believing the Lord for 500 in his meetings. I said, and I do know that when I get in the spirit, uh, I'll pick up, I'll pick up and support him in prayer and that, and our church is supposed to do that. I said, maybe that's what the 500's about. He said, well, maybe. He said, but it seems like there's 500 significance in the Bible. I said, I'm looking, but I just wanted to share that with you. So if the Lord begins to talk to you about 500, just pray it through. Or if the Lord ever talks to you about something and you're like, well, Lord, what is that? Just pray it through. Just pray it through. Uh, that's how you're going to get revelation. So there's a little uh, side journey for you when you're praying in the Holy Ghost. Just just pray out whatever the Lord gives you. Glory to God. Um, the answer to that is because you're feeding the flesh. I just don't even have to text it. Read your last text message. <laughs> uh, that's my answer. That's my answer. Well, you can go back you and look, you'll know what the answer phone is. Right now, anyways. Huh? No, I don't want to <laughs> on the phone right now. Anyways. But that, it, it popped up on my phone, so I thought I'd just answer it right now. Oh, okay. So glory to God. Well, let's pray. Let's do our confession. Let's get into the Word. And uh, we'll uh, talk about Galatians tonight. So let's, let's do this. Let's confess. We, we love to do this because this, uh, this doesn't do anything for God, but it helps us. Remember when we first started this, we'd get to that line that says, I read this word daily, and everybody got quiet like a church mouse. Uh, <laughs> but now we, can, now we can say it with some oomph. All right, come on. This is this my, my Bible. Bible. It, it is always, always true and the final authority. My Bible is God talking to me. I read this word daily. I meditate on this word day and night. This word is rooted and grounded in my heart. This word feeds and grows my spirit. Therefore, my flesh does not control me. I walk according to the Spirit. I am a child of God. I have the mind of Christ. God's thoughts are my thoughts. God's words are my words. God's actions are my actions. I am a doer of the word. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory. You know, the last half of that falls right into that plan's purposes and pursuits. It sure does. It says, God's thoughts are my thoughts. God's words are my words. God's actions are my actions. If we're following his purpose, his plan, and his pursuits... We'll be doing yes. all of those things, and we will be a doer yes. of the work. Yes, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Father. Well, let's pray. We'll get right into Galatians chapter 3, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Oh, Lord, 
We come before you today and we thank you for being here with us. We know that whenever two or three are gathered in your name, you'll be here in our midst. And Lord, we come seeking you and seeking to draw closer to you. And we, we, we expect to hear from you and we expect that you will give the words that need to be spoken to Robbie and Michael and that, that these words will be spoken and, and that they will have power and they will, they will resonate within us and, and with our spirits. And we will know that they are the words that are just for us because we came expecting. Lord, we thank you thank for you, your revelations. We thank you for leading and guiding us. We thank you, Lord, that you will help us to grow closer to you with every step we take. Thank as you, As long Father. as we're stepping and keeping our eyes on thank you. Thank you, Father. Yes, Lord. Thanking through our minds, speaking through our lips as we declare the very oracles of God. Use our tongue as that of the pen of the ready writer. Satan, you have no right here. You have no right to confuse or cause problems with anybody. You have no right to come to steal, kill, or destroy uh, the message sowed into the hearts. And, Father, we thank you that our hearts are ready to receive upon the good ground in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. amen. So remember, one way to uh, receive in church is to engage. Talk to us. Amen. When something hits your heart, say amen. I received that. That's good word. That's how you're going to receive. If you're just looking at words on a page or just listening and you're not engaging your spirit, you're not going to get what you need to get. Amen. You've got to, you've got to engage with the Lord. So we are doing a study on the book of Galatians. We've done chapter 1. We've done chapter 2. Uh, and remember, in chapter 2, um, Paul is the writer of Galatians, and he, is, he talked uh, to, the, to the church of Galatia about an experience that he had in Jerusalem uh, where uh, Peter, he came across Peter, um, and it had also been reported to him priorly uh, by a good source, but uh, he ran across Peter, who when Peter was with the Gentiles, he was not living according to the Jewish law anymore. Uh, why? Because the law was given after they came out of Egypt, and the law was given because of man's rebellion. That's why the law was given. The law was given to draw attention to people's need for a Savior. Well, now Jesus has come and Jesus is the Savior. So now we don't need the law because the law of God is written in our heart and we've got the Holy Spirit on the inside of us leading us and guiding us to tell us what's right and what's wrong. And we need to live according to our spirit and not according to our mind or according to our flesh. Many, many, many Christians make a mistake. We're going to see this, in, and this has been a problem since the early church. Many people come into Christ. They receive Christ as the Savior to get their sins washed clean. And then they try to live clean under their own might and power instead of depending upon the spirit that's on the inside. Amen. If you are trying, yeah, and if you are trying to live and do the things of God out of your head, you're not going to make it. Nope. You're not going to make it. You will fail every time. Why? Because the, because, um, let's just face it, the world has become very, very corrupted. The curse is very, very strong. You know, in the Old Testament, you know, the, the flesh was so strong that that's why uh, God flooded the earth. Because out of the entire earth, there was one righteous man, and his name was Noah. 
Now, it didn't say that Noah and his family was righteous. It said that just Noah was righteous. And God saved the family by default. Okay? So then, after that, there was the Tower of Babel because there was no restrictions other than they weren't dressed in the glory. And mankind said, oh, look at us. And they tried to build a tower not just to heaven, but beyond heaven. And they were making some pretty good progress. They were making such good progress that the Father God, Jesus, and the Holy Ghost came down to observe them. God actually left his heavenly throne to come observe mankind making this tower. And God said, oh, this is not good. They don't realize what they're doing. Why? Because Satan had puffed them up so much with pride that they said, man, we're going to go higher than God is. And so God's had to scatter them and scatter the languages and scatter the land uh, to, so that they could figure out, oh, the only reason we were capable was with God. This has been a problem ever since. Man is always trying to elevate themselves. Man is always trying to make a man-made Jesus, a Jesus that fits them. They're trying to make covenant with God when God has already made covenant with mankind. But so many people say, well, me and God's got a deal. No, you and the devil's got a deal, and the deal is the devil's got you deceived. And so one of the problems in the early church that the early church faced was that those Jews that were living under the law at the time of Jesus that did not want to accept Jesus were trying to bring the new Christians into following the law. They were trying to get them circumcised. We talked a lot about circumcision. We're not going to see anything about that tonight, uh, but we'll see it in the upcoming chapters. Uh, so we talked a lot. We did. We, in fact, we took a detour to talk about circumcision. Uh, we talked about being crucified. You know, so they wanted they wanted everybody to be uh, circumcised to show that they were a Christian. They wanted everybody to wash in a certain order before they ate. They wanted everybody to eat in a certain manner. And they certain foods. And, and to eat certain foods and to follow uh, the Sabbath law. Now, here's the deal. If you're going to follow Sabbath law, you're going to see this in here. If you're going to follow the Sabbath law, which means from sunset on Friday to sunset on Saturday, you do no work, none whatsoever. In fact, Kathy was over in Israel, and, and they have what's called Sabbath elevators. And you know what a Sabbath elevator is? A Sabbath elevator is completely automated so that when you get on the elevator, it automatically goes up floor by floor, and comes down floor by floor so that you don't do any work, not even pushing the button. It's the Sabbath That's elevator. Crazy. Our new appliances have a Sabbath mode where they go, where they go to low shutdown energy mode if you turn that on on the Sabbath. Um, so, so these Israelites, so, so this is still a problem today. People are still trying to come up under the law. And uh, so here in Galatians chapter 3, Paul begins to address the issue with following the law. Well, how does this apply to us today? Because so many people are, because people get to reading the Old Testament 
and they start to try to institute Old Testament law in their life. They try to institute. Um, now, here's the deal. Do I wash my hands before I eat? Yes. I don't do it for religious purposes. I do it for hygiene, and I do it because I don't like to eat. Like, I don't, I don't, it's just uncomfortable to me. So I have my hands. So if I can't get it to the restroom, I have my hand sanitizer that I do my hands with, and that's it. But it's not for religious purposes. Am I restricted about what I eat? I'm, I'm getting there. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm getting better. But am I restricting for Jesus? No, I'm restricting for health. You know, cutting out the sugars and the carbs and the, you know, the excess food and what have you. So, but here's the deal. If you're going to get under the law, you're not allowed to eat cloven animals and unclean animals. And you got to do this and that and the other thing. And no, the Bible says that as long as you'll bless it, receive it with thanksgiving, sanctify it with word and prayer, there's nothing unlawful for you to eat. Why? We're New Testament. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't do rare. That's him. That's him. That's not me. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. Under the law, your food has to be done, 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 uh, done, uh, leather done. Um, you know, so uh, there's just a lot of different. There's a lot of different things. You know, the Sabbath. Now, Jesus knew. Do I? Do I? Do I honor the Sabbath? Absolutely, because Jesus is my Sabbath. So what does that mean? That means I take my rest in him. I rest in him. Now, I also use wisdom, and and though a pastor is never off duty, I do try to take one day a week where I try to kind of settle things down and be a little less go. I try to give my body that rest. On, On Sundays between services, I do try to go home and take at least a 20 to 20-minute nap. A lot of Sundays I get an hour in, believe it or not, uh, close to it. Um, so, so, you know, there are, th- there are principles in the Old Testament that are good to follow, but we're not legalistic about it. Not legalistic about it. And so in the New Testament church here in Galatia, uh, they were having a real problem. And right off the bat, uh, Paul says, Oh, foolish Galatians. Now, I wanted to address this word foolish for just a minute. This word foolish means unintelligent, uh, unintelligible. In other words, you don't have intelligence. It's a lack of intelligence. It means to be unwise, and it means to be sensual. In other words, you're more concerned with the flesh than you are with the things of God. More concerned with flesh things than spirit things. So if that's your situation, then the Holy, because remember, Paul is inspired by the Holy Ghost, then God says, you're foolish. You're foolish. So we don't want to be unintelligent. We don't want to be unwise. And we don't want to be sensual. And what is that word? What that, what that word sensual means is we're all about our, our um, five senses. We're all about what we can see, what we can taste, what we can touch and feel, what we can uh, smell, and what we can hear. That's what, that's what he's talking about when he says sensual. It's all about what tickles the ears, all about what tickles the eyes. It, you, we're all about what smells good. 
We're all about what feels good. We're all about, you know, you know, one of the hardest things for me to get past was the TV shows that I watched. Because growing up in my house, one of two things was always on. Either the television or the radio. And the first thing that the Lord attacked in my life, after we, got there, after we dealt with the alcohol, after we dealt with the profanities, after we dealt with um, lying, after we dealt with some of those bigger hot-button issues, the next area that God dealt with me on was music. I'm telling you what, these, kids, these young people up here, I know Derek for sure, Jackie will agree too, I've got a couple of sermons that will sanctify your playlist real quick. I mean, it'll clean your playlist out real quick. Uh, because, you know, Satan's job in heaven was music. That was his job, is music. So he knows, he knows exactly what chords make your flesh feel good. He knows what tempo gets you in the sense realm. He knows what beats uh, invoke demons on the scene. Because they travel through uh, sound waves and light rays. He, know, he knows exactly how to work up a, fr- a flesh frenzy. So the Lord started dealing with me on this. One of my favorite singers was Rod Stewart. I loved Rod Stewart. And the Lord began to ask me, he said, Look, he said what's he singing about? <laughs> and I got to listening to that, and I said, oh, God, he is talking about getting with underage girls. Oh, Jesus, I'm so sorry. And then he started picking on other music. And I said, okay, so this music from this era is not good. Let me go back. I'll try going back to the 50s. It ain't much better. So I said, okay, Lord, because I like big band and all that. I said, Lord, I'll go back to the 40s. They're still singing about getting with one another and everything else. I thought, Lord, I'll just stick with my Christian music. I'll just stick with my Christian. And then I got real good about just my Christian music, and then he started getting on me about some of that, too. He said, just because it's got a Christian label don't mean it's Christian. Ah, Jesus, come on, help me. But one of the, so I so but I got past that. I'm good on that now. I don't have any struggles in that area at all anymore. And, um, and, uh, but TV, oh, TV's hard. Because, I mean, I was trained to get, you work all day, you work hard, you go home, you get down, you sit down in front of the TV and you unwind. You just turn your brain off in front of the TV. And every show that I liked dealt with murder and death. Murder and death. I said, Lord, I said, Lord, Matt Rock, that's a good, clean show. You know what every episode's about? Murder. <laughs> I can't watch that. NCIS, you know what every show's about? Murder. Law and Order, the regular, I don't like the SUV. I like the regular, the original Law and Order. You know what that's about 99% of the time? Death. You know, some type of criminal act. I'm like, Lord, come on. Uh, he, he still lets me have blue bloods, but I can't, but the first few minutes are a little rough for me. And honestly, they only play like five shows a year. I'm like, seriously, Jesus, come on, help me out. <laughs> come on, Jesus, help me out. And so then, I, so then I thought, well, okay, I'll go back to the good shows. I watched it as a kid. Oh, dear Lord in heaven. It's amazing what you, what you're, what you become un- desensitized to. I tried to watch Happy Days. Them boys ain't doing nothing but trying to get with them girls. 
Um, and the girl's trying to get with the boys. I thought, Lord. Huh? Both the girls is another yeah. horrible one. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Golden Girls is just, you know, not only, not only are they trying to get with everybody, but they got the gay people in there, too. Oh, Lord. Oh, my goodness. I'm saying the only thing I found so far that, that, that qualifies is Andy Griffin, is Andy Griffin, but then you got Barney chasing the women. And I'm like, Barney, come on now. <laughs> I'm like, come on now, Barney. <laughs> Chasing too hard. He's not chasing hard, but but you get my point. My, see, he says, yeah, yeah, he's always looking for his lucky bullet. That's the other problem. Bless his heart. No, that one's that one's actually pretty good. You, you're you're good with Anna Griffith. But but my point is is anything that's sensual, anything that's entertaining the eyes, anything that's entertaining the ears, anything that's about the flesh feeling good. He said. That's foolish. In the eyes of God, that's foolish. Now, does that mean that God doesn't want you to enjoy things? No, we watch a few movies. We, we, find, we do find a few things here and there that we can watch uh, that, that's pretty well, entertaining. We've got a family movie night coming up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we, I have, just for the record, I do have pure flicks, and I'm good there. You know, some of it's corny, but it's okay. And uh, we do have the Family Choice Channel also. You know, it's all family-friendly movies, so I'm good. You know, it's just it's so funny. Michael started one the other night, and I we watched about ten minutes. I said, "Here's what's gonna happen. I'm going to bed," <laughs> because they're all the same. <laughs> Did it turn out that way? Oh, okay. Maybe I have to go back and watch it then. Anyway, so he said, "Oh, foolish Galatians." Man, we've gotten two words in. All right, here we all right, go. You want me to go on? All right. All right. O foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you that ye should not obey the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? All right, so let's talk about this word, bewitched. This word, bewitched, you would think, well, that's just simple. We understand what that word means. Uh, But let's just look at it. If you're bewitched, that means somebody is bringing evil to you. Uh, It means that you're charmed. Like a spell has been cast upon you, and it's to uh, it means that you are fascinated by false representations. In other words, people are bringing false information to you, and you're fascinated by it. Now that word obey is an interesting word. It means to have faith. To have faith. When you obey God, it just simply shows that you have faith. To obey means that you yield to or comply with. So if you're obeying the word, that means that you're yielding to or complying with God. Uh, It means to have trust or to have confidence in. So we could read this verse this way. We could read it this way. We could say, oh, sensual, unwise, and unintelligent person. Who has fantasized you by false representations uh, that you should not have faith in, trust in, or yield to the truth, before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you? 
Now, if you're born again, you've got the witness on the inside that Jesus Christ is alive and that Jesus Christ is real. But even if you didn't have that, if you went and asked uh, people that study history, is Jesus Christ a real person? They will tell you that there is even non-Christian-based evidence to prove that Jesus Christ was a real person and that without any doubt whatsoever, that man is absolutely crucified. And here, but here's where, they, here's where there's no conclusion. They say they can find no conclusive evidence as to why he was crucified. In other words, there's no, there's no documents of any crime that he committed that warranted his crucifixion. Because well, there wasn't any. There wasn't any. And so you got to remember at this time when, when Paul was writing this, uh, there were people in the church that were Actually there, were there and yeah. saw it. And, and, yeah. and the ones that weren't there and saw it at least knew somebody that, that was that there did. and yeah. saw it. Yeah. So, so he was saying, hey, why aren't you believing what you saw with your own eyes? I mean... Yep. How can they talk? How can somebody so bewitch you that you would forget what you saw with your own eyes? So this is who he's talking to. He's talking to this foolish, to these foolish Galatians, who are starting to turn from. They they've received Christ, they know Christ, but they're starting to turn back to the law that held them in bondage. And he begins to ask them these questions. All right, this only would I learn of you: received ye the Spirit by the works of the law? Or by hearing of faith. So how did you receive the Spirit? Did you receive the Spirit because you worked the law? Or did you receive the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit on the inside? Or did you receive Him because you put faith in Christ? Which way did you receive? Well, we all received by faith, right? Amen. It's the only way to receive. It's the only way. All right. All right. Are ye so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh, which is the law? Now he says, are you so foolish, are you so unwise that you recognize that you started this thing off in the spirit, but now you're going to set your spirit aside and you're going to do it by your own might and power and ability. This is the answer. This is the problem. This is why you're struggling right here. This is it. He said, are you so unwise that you grabbed a hold of God with the spirit but now you're setting your spirit aside and you're trying to do it in your own might, power, and ability. You're trying to do it with your own thinking instead of depending on the spirit. Because here's the deal. If you go to spit a, pure, a profanity out of your mouth, your spirit's going to go, uh-uh, don't say that. Don't say that. If you start to be rude to somebody, your spirit's going to poke you on the inside and go, don't behave that way. You go to put the green you, you you grab four cans of green beans and figure out, oh, I only need two. And you go to put the two over in the freezer, the, the spirit's going to poke you and go, don't put that over there. That's not where you got that from. You're going to take the shopping cart out to your car. You unload your car. You're whipped. You're tired. You go to stick it in the place next to you. And the Holy Spirit will poke you and go, mm-mm. That's not where that goes. That's not where that goes. No, that's not. You, you reach down and you pick up a $20 bill off the floor and your automatic instinct, because the flesh is going to keep it, your automatic instinct put that in the pocket and immediately the Holy Spirit will go, that's not yours. That's not yours. Go ahead. See? 
There you go. See, the Holy Spirit will know. The, Her- the Holy Spirit will lead you. The Holy- he said, so this is the number one problem of Christians. They're trying to do, they're trying to do the things of God. They're trying to live sin free through their own might, power, and ability instead of living sin free through the might, power, and ability of the Spirit on the inside. And that's why they're struggling. That's why they're having a hard time. All right, let's keep See, going. It's, 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 it's a problem that, that goes with all mankind. We all want to do things you know, as best, to the best of our ability that we can. You know, so as soon as God gives us a plan, say, say he, he said, hey, I want you to go out and build a basketball court out here around the corner, you know, for the, for the kids in the church and stuff. So you go, okay, cool, God, I got that. Now, did you wait to hear the rest of the plan? No. You said, hey, I got that, because that's what men do, and women. Mm-hmm. But men do that. They go, I got that. So you go out there, and you clear off all the brush, and you, and you cut down all the trees, and you, and you rake it all out nice and flat to make a nice, you know, a nice basketball court. And then you, well, you know, it's got to be paved, right? So you've got you to bring in some gravel to, to level it out and then pour some concrete or, or get some asphalt in there and stuff. And you do it all nice, and, and it's, it's, it's amazing. You do a wonderful job for God. And then God says, okay, that's really nice. I like it. But that wasn't the plan. What I wanted was for you to go to the, to, to the church community and get them to work with you, to, help, to get them to work together to do this. You wouldn't have had to have lifted a finger. Mm-hmm. But you've got, got it in your head. You got, you you got the purpose, but you didn't get the plan. And you got the purpose, and you went out there and did it all in your own might and power. And, and, and my purpose was to draw the church closer together. And it didn't happen. See, that's what man does all the time with God's plans and God's purposes. That's why, that's why you gotta, you got to pray. pray about it. You've got to seek God. When he gives you something, you don't just run off and do it. No, you've got to be patient. You've got to figure get out what, he, what exactly he wants. Because so he, he'll bless you. He'll, he'll bless you in your plans. Yes. He'll bless you in your pursuits. He'll bless you as far as he can. But if you line it up with what he wants, and what his purpose and his plan is, he's going to bless you all the way. Yes. Because yes. then he can. But yes. he can't do it if you're only doing it half, only half his plan. He can only go so far. And that's, yes. that's what that book's about. And that's, that's what this is about, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He said, so he asked them, he said, he said in verse 3, he said, Are you so foolish, so unwise, having begun in the Spirit? In other words, you started your walk with God in the Spirit are you now made perfect by the flesh? In other words, are you going to get your walk right by the flesh? Verse 4, he says, Have you suffered so many things in vain, that it be, if it be in vain? Now, what he's talking to the Galatians about, you find out what he's talking to the Galatians about, and just write this in your notes. You can go back and look at it later. You find this out in Hebrews chapter 10, verse 32 and 33. Hebrews 10, 32 and 33. And you'll find out that um, that the Christians, that they were made a gazing stock. In other words, everybody looked at them. Basically, they were a spectacle. And people, people made fun of them. Uh, people came against them with great contempt. 
It says that they were a gazing stock with reproaches, which means that not only were they something to be made fun of, but they came against them with insults and profanities. And they actually, uh, many of them were actually afflicted. Many, many people, many of the Jews, um, or many of the people that came into Christ, because he was a very Jewish, remember, uh, Paul primarily ministered to the Jews. So many of them that were, came into Christ were rejected by their families. Many were rejected. Many were kicked out of their families because they were no longer following the law. They were following this so-called Jesus, who was a false prophet, uh, is how many of the Jews viewed it. Um, many of them were tortured. Remember, remember Paul, uh, before he became an apostle with Saul, he was very well acquainted with the afflictions that these people had gone through. He was very, because he was one of the ones afflicting them. Yes. So he was very, very well, and he said, he said, it, the, the things that you suffer for Christ, are you suffering them in vain? And then he says this. It's amazing what he says. He goes, <laughs> now, I'm going to leave the italicized out. He goes, if yet in vain. He goes, have you suffered in vain? Like, uh, like. Seriously? So some people are calling you names? So some people are coming against you because you're a Christian? Has God not taken care of you? Like, is what you're doing for God, is it, is it for no reward? How much do you know when you start serving God, God brings everything to your good? Amen. He brings everything to your good. So he's going, okay, so you're, so, remember Jesus said, you will be persecuted for my sake. One of my biggest victories was when I found out that if I'm going to follow Christ, I'm going to be persecuted. So therefore, when I get persecuted, I'm supposed to rejoice and rejoice exceedingly because that means I'm doing my walk right. I'm doing my walk right when I'm persecuted. Praise God. Listen, <laughs> Monday, we're not getting through this whole chapter today because the Lord's going to take us on some things. But I was expecting ink for the church on Sunday morning. The ink didn't show up. On Sunday, oh, they showed up on Monday, and it was supposed. These two know the story. Uh, it was supposed to show up in two separate boxes. Well, Pastor Mike dropped me off, and and the guys were going to pick me up on the way to the gym, to my house, so as to go to the gym uh, later. So I didn't have a car. So I'm here by myself, kind of stranded, and she comes in with the packages. Now, mind you, we live ten minutes from the church. Ten minutes from the church. Oh no, we do. <laughs> we live ten minutes from the church. Pastor Mike has been gone about twenty-five, thirty, thirty-five minutes, something like that. And I, I opened one package because she delivered three. And I thought, well, this is weird. This is really weird. So I opened the one package. It had ink in it. Okay, no problem. I opened the second package. And it had one of those, have you, have you gotten those packages where, where it comes in the, the fancy Ziploc bag with a little zipper on the top? Well, it came in with that. And I pulled that thing out of the box, and it had black feathers in it. And I went, what in the world? And I re-looked at the label. And sure enough, it said Disciples House Ministries had our address on it and was stamped Sunday Delivery. And I went, uh, no, Jesus. 
So I unzipped it, and I looked at what was in there, and I zipped it back up, threw it in the box, and I made a real quick phone call. And I said, Michael. He said, what? I said, I need you to come back up here, and I need you to come back up here right now. He said, why? I said, I just need you to come up here right now. And he said, well, I'm using the restroom. I said, as soon as you're done, come. I didn't hear the right now part. I said, come. <laughs> he said, why? I said, I'm a little freaked out, and I need you to come calm me down. Okay, I'll be there. I said, okay. 35 minutes later. 35 minutes. You, you weren't on the toilet that long. I know it. 35 minutes later, he finally shows up. He comes to the door. He says, what, honey? I said, okay. I said, supposed to get three, two packages today. I said, box one, box two, there's box three. He said, yeah. I said, why don't you take a look at box three? He goes over to box three, and he looks down in the box. He goes, what is it? I said, why don't you get in that box and find out? So. So I pulled it out, and and I, and it's like, it's like she said, a Ziploc bag that's kind of opaque, so you can't really see through it real well. But but I noticed there was feathers, and I'm like, tell me somebody didn't send us a dead crow. Now but, he's thinking that's in his head. I don't know. Right. Now you have well, to. I didn't say that out loud. I was thinking that because I'm no, like, but, but she would have told me if it was that. Now you have to understand. That because of who we are and different things like that, we pay attention. And there's a lot more stuff that happens wrong in churches. You know, y'all know there's been some church shootings where there's more of that type of stuff going on than anybody knows about. And there's, there's more death threats at pastors and things than anybody ever knows about. But he and I are very well aware of this. So here I have this black, this box with this bag with these black feathers stamped Sunday delivery. It's got our church name and everything on it. And I'm like, no other names, no other names. He's taking 35 minutes. I'm in here trying to do work. And I'm going, I ain't scared. I ain't worried. I ain't concerned. Ain't today. Jesus, Jesus, we are not doing this today. Satan, not today. I've got authority in Christ. He's taking his sweet dear time. So now he's got the bag and he's thinking, please tell me they didn't send me a crow. Right. So, I was like, well, it's probably not a crow. Robbie would have said something. So I opened it, and I go to reach in, and I pull out, and there's these two long, that that looks like a snake. No, no, there's not a dead snake in here, too. He said, he said, is that a snake? I said, no, just go ahead and pull it out. I started pulling it out, and I, it, they're, they're horns that look like snakes. And I was like, nope, that's it. I'm done with this. Zipped he didn't even pull it all the way out. He <laughs> dropped it back down. He zipped it up. He dropped it back in the box. And he said, well, let's go into the dumpster. And I said, Michael, it's stamped for Sunday delivery to the church. I think it needs a little more attention than that. He said, yeah, I think so. Long story short, we finally get a hold of Amazon. Long story short, Michael's on the phone with the lady. He's going through all the rigmarole to get to it. And, and she finally asked, I'll just ask the question the way she asked it. She'll, she said, now, uh, Mr. Williams, um, did you check with your family and friends to make sure that nobody sent you this package uh, as a gift? And I was like, and, and by this time we'd, we'd figured out that it's a mask, like a demon mask. Right? Yeah, it's, it's, yeah. Like, it's like demon horns and like a weird feather collar yeah. or something. Anyways. Anyways, I said, no, I, I'm pretty sure that none of, nobody that knows me would send 
me a demon mask to my church. And you could hear on the other end of the line, the entire call center went dead silent. And the sweet woman went, oh, hold on just a second, sir. And you heard the keys go, click, 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 click. And it was silent for about, I don't know, 40 minutes. Yeah, a minute or two at most. And she gets back on and she says, oh, Mr. Williams, we are so incredibly sorry. That was a mislabeling issue. That package should have never come to you. That was our fault on our end. We're so incredibly sorry. Now, we all know that there was a spirit behind it. We get that. We understand that. But, but... But how did we get there? Have we suffered? Have we suffered? Have we been afflicted? Have we come up against some things? Has the devil brought some things your way? Yes. But is what we go through in vain? No. No, it's not. Let's keep going. All right. Verse 5. <laughs> he therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit and worketh miracles among you, Doth he do it by the works of the law or by hearing of faith? Okay, so Pastor Mike and I are ministering the word to you by the Spirit. And, and, we, and, and there's the working of miracles. We lay hands on the sick and the sick do recover. Things like that happen. Um, are we doing that by the law or are we doing it by faith? By faith. By faith. Absolutely, by faith. The law never accomplished. Listen, I grew up in a... In a Never mind. Listen, I've never accomplished a sign, wonder, or miracle or gained anything by God through the following of the law. Let's put it that way. All right. So, and, and I'll tell you, uh, you know, I flunked out of uh, college-level English, not because I couldn't read or write or any of that no, stuff. No, he's very gifted in it. But because I was too afraid, because they wanted us to get up and, and, and speak in front of the class about, about each, our papers. And I was, I was too terrified to do it. In fact, when they told me that I was going to have to do it or I'd fail, I said, I guess I'm going to fail because I'm not doing it. <laughs> I'm not doing it. But here I am today up here talking in front of people. Some, sometimes it's a miracle. <laughs> quite a few people. It's a miracle. <laughs> but it's always a miracle. It's a miracle. It's a miracle. And I only do God. it by faith. That's right. It's okay, you know. You gotta just, you just, you know. That's why I say every time I get in the pulpit, it's always by faith. I can't preach without the anointing. Oh Lord, no. We gotta get the anointing. Come on. All right. Verse six. S six. Okay. Even as Abraham believed God. And it was accounted to him for righteousness. Know ye therefore that they which are of faith, the same are the children of Abraham. Okay. Abraham, it, there, was nothing, there was nothing particularly special about Abraham genetically. In fact, Abraham came from a pagan family. He actually came from a family that worshipped false gods. So there was nothing genetic about Abraham that made Abraham special. What made Abraham special is Abraham chose to put his faith in God. God said it. He believed it. God said it. He believed it. And he followed it. And that settled it. That settled it. Now, Sarah... We 
we know she wasn't quite that quick on God said it. Because remember, she brought in Hagar and said, Here, Abraham. And remember, Abraham laid with, with Hagar to make Sarah happy. Remember, she wasn't quite as quick on the faith wagon. But she got there when uh, Isaac came along, don't you know? She, came, she got there later on. She got there. But Abraham believed God right out the gate. You've got to have the mentality with God that's simply this. The Bible says it. I believe it. That settles it. Amen. When the devil says you can't be a doer of the word, you've got to say, no, devil. The Bible says I can be. Watch this. Listen, we're out, we, we, we understand watch this. We understand watch this. What does watch this mean? It means I'm about to do something that everybody thinks is stupid and impossible. Well, how much do you know the world thinks following God is stupid and impossible? I had a very intellectual, very, very, very intellectual man ask me one time. He said, let me ask you a question. And I said, what's that? Now, this, now, I know God's working something in this man, because every time I see him out in the community or wherever, he's just drawn to me. He just, he'll look at me, and he'll kind of go do his thing, he'll come out, he'll look at me, and then he'll come out and have a conversation with me, and uh, so I know God's working on some things, and I just speak to him by the Spirit, because I don't know what to say, I don't know what's going to put him over to get to God, uh, but uh, he was, he uh I was talking to him one day, and by the time I got done, he said, you're a very compelling woman. Because he's studied all these different religions. He's read the Bible cover to cover I don't know how many times. He's read the Quran. He's read all these different religious books and everything else. His problem is he's got too much knowledge. And he asked me, he said, well, let me ask you a question. I said, well, what's that? And he said, have you ever tried to live by the red letters? And I said, hmm, talking about the words of Christ. And I said, yeah. I said, technically, I do it every day. He said, well, do you succeed at it? I said, I'm not perfect at it, but I thank God for First John 1, 9. And he was able to quote it to me. And he said, well, that's my point. It's impossible to live by the red letters. He said, I've tried it, and it just doesn't work. And I was a little upset with myself because next time I get to actually have a conversation, I'm going to get him because the Holy Ghost <laughs> gave me the answer. The Holy Ghost gave me the answer because the Holy Ghost said, don't the red letters say that a man must be born again? And I said, Lord, I missed it. Oh, give me another opportunity with this man because here's the deal. If he's trying to live by the red letters, that means he must be born again again oh come on jesus help me see you got to be born again you got to be you gotta listen listen how did abraham get into how did abraham get in fellowship with the father god through faith how do we get in fellowship with the father through faith it's through faith it's through faith it's through faith that we get in. That's how Abraham got in. It wasn't about his genetics. It wasn't about Isaac's genetics. It wasn't about uh, um, Jacob's, who later becomes Israel's genetics. It was about their heart 
for the Father. And they said, Lord, you said it. I believe it. I'll do it. Amen. It's that simple. You said it. I believe it. I'll do it. It's that simple. You said, the Bible said it. Uh, that settles it for me. I'm going to do it. It's just that simple. It's that simple. Oh, it's that simple. Come on. Let's keep reading. All right. Uh, verse 8. Yep. And the scripture, foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith, preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all nations be blessed. Before the gospel was ever available. Before there was... It's a, it's at the covenant, God knew way down here, hundreds of years later, that Jesus was going to come. And that the good news was going to be everybody gets in by faith. So he went ahead, knowing that, he went ahead and told Abraham, Abraham, the nations. All of them. All of them. You're going to be father to the nations because of your faithfulness. Because of your faithfulness, Abraham. And now listen, Abraham was alive to see his sons and his grandsons and others do some pretty stupid things. And he probably went to the Lord. The Bible doesn't record it. I want to go get that. I want to get in that secret vault and say, Lord, I want, I want the, I want the recordings when Abraham came to you, when they did these stupid things and went, Lord, are you sure the nations? Lord, you told me nations, but they're over here being stupid with these false gods. Like, are you sure? I, I, I just, I want to see those videos. Like, come on, Lord. Let me, let me, like, <laughs> All right. Verse 9. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Glory to God. Verse 9. So then they which be of faith. Are you of faith? then you are blessed with the same blessings that faithful Abraham was blessed with. If you have faith in Christ, girl, if you don't quit tattooing your arm with your hand with that ink pen and start paying attention to what the Lord's got to say, oh, my goodness, I'm more concerned with drawing on my skin than I am getting amened by God. Oh, Lord, listen. Good. Well, quit fulfilling the flesh while you're doing it. Because God loves you, and that's why he corrects you. So then they which be of faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. If you are of faith, if you are of faith, if you are of faith, listen, if you are of faith, then you get the blessings of faithful Abraham. Abraham. What did faithful Abraham have? Faithful Abraham had silver, which was actually harder to come by in that day than gold. He had silver. He had gold. He had maidservants. He had men servants. He had cattle. He had camel. He had sheep and goats. I mean, this man had four or five businesses. 
And all of them flourished. In a huge family. Huge family. Huge. I mean, I mean, he technically only had Isaac. Well, what about Ishmael? No, Ishmael is the son of the flesh. Um, Isaac is the son of promise. And Isaac only had uh, Jacob. But how much you know, Jacob had 12 sons. So, yeah, so he, he, his family grew. His family grew. His family's still growing today, but it's his faith family. It's the faith family. Now, for as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. If you are trying to work the law, then the Old Testament curse still applies to you. Look at this. Because it's written, where is it written? Well, it's written in uh, Deuteronomy chapter 27, verse 25. We won't go there for the sake of time, so you just write that down in your notes. Deuteronomy 27, verse, I'm sorry, verse 26. I was going to say, that looks like 26. 26. Cursed is everyone that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. If you are not doing every single thing under the law, in other words, if you're not doing the Sabbaths, if you're not eating the right foods, if you're not doing your different offerings, if you're not doing your, uh, basically, if you're not doing the sacrifices, you're not doing the turtle dove offerings and the wheat offerings and the first thing and the first and the fruits bullet. offerings and the and the offering of the blood and if you're not listen don't come in here do not bring me a bull and say pastor I'm under the law sacrifice me a bull so I can have my sins cleansed I'm gonna tell you you need to get born again and sanctified in the blood of Christ listen if you're not doing if you're not fulfilling the entire law then you're cursed you're cursed so people that are living today trying to live under the old levitical law unless they're doing the entire levitical law including the blood sacrifices including going to the temples and all of that then they are under the curse uh, and, and no, Jesus did away with all of that. The reason that he did away with that, we'll find out later in this chapter, is because the law, because we're not under, we're not under a covenant of law, we're under a covenant of promise. Verse 11. Verse 11. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God, it is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Okay. So if you try, if you go back, listen, just go back, just, just go back and read Leviticus and decide if you can live that way. Leviticus will make your brain hurt because they explain the law about three or four different ways. And it just, I mean, your head just hurts because you got to wear the certain robes the certain way and you got to travel on these certain days and you got to do this offering and you got to sacrifice these animals a certain way and you got, I mean, the one benefit of the law is the law proved that it is very, very hard 
to fulfill the entire law. Very hard. Which is why God said, I'm going to write my law on your heart. No, instead, we live by faith. By faith. Oh, my goodness. And the law is not of faith. To be under the law is not of faith. Not at all. But the man that doth them shall live but live in them. So, again, he, he said, well, well, where's the, say, where's the, you know, let every word be established by two or three witnesses. Well, here's your second witness. The third one's over, I believe it's over in the book of James. I don't have it in my other. I finished my notebook, so I had a cheat sheet in the front because people ask me for those sheets all the time. I believe it's in James. Um, but here's the deal. We are not to be under the law. And, and Paul, was, Paul was trying to get them to understand, stop living this way. Just another verse or two. We're going to call it a night tonight, but you can't, I mean, we can't quit short of these two verses. Okay. Oh, my goodness. These verse two verses 13. are too dynamic. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. Now, what, is, what, what does all this mean? Write in your notes, Deuteronomy chapter 28. Homework assignment. Go back and read Deuteronomy 28. The first 15 verses say, if you'll, if you'll diligently hearken and do my word, all these wonderful things will happen to you. And it's, you'll be blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the field, blessed in the storehouse, blessed here, blessed there. You're going to go, the, you're going to be the head, you're going to go over, you're not going to go under. I mean, it's just wonderful. And then you get to verse 15, and it says, But if you will not hearken unto my word and be a doer of my word, all of these cursings are going to come upon you. And even ones that aren't written in the book. And then you get around about verse 48, and it says, And all other sicknesses not listed herein. Now, you might have to get out your dictionary and find out what some of those sicknesses mean, but it just basically means a lot of the same stuff that we deal with today, inflammation, edema, heart failure, all kinds of, listen, don't ever, I'm going to tell you not to look it up, you're going to go look it up. You know, some words you don't want to look up, you just don't want to. Uh, You know, fevers and all of this. Well, but when you get around to verse 48, somewhere in there, and it says, in all other diseases not, list, not listed herein. In other words, all sickness, all disease, all of it, where does it come from? From the curse. The curse. Where did the curse come from? Satan. For God to give you sickness, he'd have to steal it first. So he said, no, no, no. He said, um... He said, uh, oh, my goodness. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Now, you can also go, if you didn't go and read it, go read Leviticus 26. That's the sister chapter. And that makes it a little, we, we did that two weeks ago. If you didn't do it, go back and read your homework assignment from a couple weeks ago. Between those two chapters, I mean, you should be flat on your face going, Oh, Jesus, I'll do everything you tell me to do. I ain't one thing I won't do because I don't want none of that on me. I mean, it'll, 
Well, somebody asked me one time, uh, Miss Robbie, how come God talks so much about the cursing and so little about the blessing? Because we don't, I mean, you can just say, you're going to be blessed coming in, blessed going out, blessed in the city, blessed in the field, blessed in the storehouse, blessed in the basket. You're going to be the head, not the tail. You're going to go over. You're not going to go under. And you're already ready to run and shout. You don't need a lot of explanation. But you say, well, or you're going to be cursed in the city, cursed in the field, cursed coming in, cursed going out. Well, what exactly do you mean by that? And just how bad is it? How bad is it? Like, I I need you to describe it for me because I need to decide if I'm going to roll the dice on this thing or not. Like... Like, am I really willing to play with it? This is what people think. This is what people do. Am I willing to play with this curse? How bad is it going to get? Listen, you get to the end of Deuteronomy 28, and it talks about there being such a famine in the land. Now, it's, it's physical, but it's also spiritual, mental, and emotional. Such a famine in the land that they begin to eat their children. That they begin to eat their children. Now, cannibalism is gross enough, but think about eating your children mentally and emotionally, tearing them down, ripping them apart, telling them that they're no good, telling them that they're not going to measure up, telling them that, how much you know, we see this today. We see this in operation today. So, but, you know, we're going to live, Pastor, we're going to leave on a good note. Oh, we will. (laughs) But, uh, look at what it says. Verse 13, Christ has redeemed. You know what it means to, to be redeemed? It means he canceled the debt. He paid the price for He it. paid the price. When you go to the grocery store and you redeem your coupon for however much it's worth, that means that that company is going to pay you for whatever that coupon amount is. Well, Jesus <clears throat> paid the full price of the penalty of your sin. He paid the full price. He redeemed you 100% from the curse, which means you can look at the devil and say, "Uh uh-uh, devil, everything in that package of Deuteronomy 28 that's from you, I ain't got to receive it. Jesus done received it on my behalf, and he done whipped you. It says, being made a curse for us, Jesus literally took the penalty, the weight, the sickness, the disease, the penalty of hell, the torment of hell for you. It wasn't he just, he didn't just hand Satan a coupon and say, here, they're paid for. He didn't just put out his arm and say, here's my vein, take a vial. No, 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 no. No. He poured out his blood, every ounce of blood in him. He poured out every ounce of blood out of his body to pay for us, to redeem us from the curse. For it is written, listen, when God writes something down, it's down for all of eternity. God declared, now I want you to think about this. God declared in, in the law that cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree. That word hangeth on a tree, the word tree means made of wood, something made of wood. That word hangeth, when you look at it, it indicates being hung by two points. How much you know he was hung by two points? Three, his feet were stapled in place, but he hung by two points. 
He was literally hung on a tree. Now, I want you to think about this. God wrote this in the law back hundreds of years before Christ ever came. Before crucifixion was any... Because how did God know way back there, coming out of Egypt, before the Roman Empire was even a thing, how did God know that the Romans would deal with criminals via the cross. Because he's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. He's all-knowing. Christ came at the perfect right time. Because had he come earlier or he had come later, he would not have been hung on a tree. Oh, but goodness. Now, we can't leave verse 14 out because verse 14 is what puts us over. All right, verse 14 that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ. Now, that word Gentiles, we could say it this way, that the blessings of Abraham may come upon the uncircumcised. In other words, that the blessings of Abraham may come upon those outside of the covenant. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So through the blessings of Abraham... Uh, that we, being outside of the covenant through Jesus Christ, might receive the promise of what? The promise of the Spirit. Spirit. The promise of what? The Spirit. The promise of what? The Spirit. Does it say the promise of heaven? No. No. It says the promise of the Spirit. What was the promised land? Our ability to walk in the Spirit here and now. The ability to to return to spirit beings like Adam and Eve in the garden. To return to the place of spirit where we have rule and dominion. That's part of the covenant. That's part of the covenant. How much you know Abraham ruled his entire land? He ruled the entire land that he was in. He did. And so everything that Jesus did was to, to, was to return us back to the state of spirit connected to God so that we could rule and reign and have dominion here so we could have the abundant life here. I blame Pastor Mike that we didn't get through the whole chapter. He said Sunday, well, Martin Luther t- took six months. I don't know how long it will take. Long. So we'll pick up uh, here next week. <laughs> and uh, we'll, we'll pick up here next week and we'll see how far we get uh, but there's so much goodness in Galatians I mean Paul Paul was saying listen and here's the point don't let somebody take you back into bondage don't, don't let the devil take you back into bondage of sin don't let your friends take you back into the bondage of Satan because you want their acceptance Listen, if they're going to reject you because you don't smoke with them, they're going to reject you anyways. If they're going to reject you because you won't drink with them, they're going to reject you anyways. If they're going to reject you because you won't get nasty with them, they're going to reject you anyways. More than likely, you're going to get nasty with them, worldly terms. terms. And uh, then they're going to turn around and reject you and go get somebody else. That's how I feel about it. She got a chill, but she went, and that's how I feel about it.
glory to God. No, come on. Listen, I'd rather have I'd rather have Jesus and Jesus and only Jesus than to have anything of this world. Amen. I would. I would. I think it was Smith Wigglesworth said he he'd prefer ten minutes in the spirit than a, than the whole world with a fence around it. And I agree. I agree wholeheartedly. Well, if uh, one of our ushers will come, or both our ushers, both our ushers can come, they'll be fine. We'll pray over tithes and offerings. It's always good to give and sow into the family of God. Father, Amen. we thank you. You want to pray? All right. Well, Lord, we thank you for this word which we've received. We, we accept it, and we, we, we treasure it as the knowledge and wisdom that it is, that it will grow in our lives and that it will bear fruit in our lives and the lives of those around us. And Lord, we thank you for the gift that you made for us, the gift of salvation, that we might believe on Jesus and be saved and, be, and not be separated from you for all eternity. Lord, we just thank you for that. And Lord, we, 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 we are so grateful and we're so um, joyful that we want to give unto your kingdom. We want to give because it is right to do so and because you told us to do so. And you, so, Father, Lord, we give unto your kingdom with a joyous heart. And Thank a grateful you, heart. Thank and you, we, we ask that you bless this offering, that it go further than we could ever ask, hope, or thank towards the doing of your work here on this earth. And Lord, we just ask that you that you bless us so that with our bless our hands so that our work will be prosperous and bless our things so that they will not break down and they will last longer than they were ever meant to be. And and this is so that we can become a better blessing you, to you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank we, you, Father. Thank, thank you, Lord. Uh, the Lord just prompted me to this scripture, Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. He um, says, oh, now, now I want you to remind you, Solomon was not only the wisest man, but he was also the richest man ever. This is, his sec- this is his third proverb. This is his third teaching to his son. So this is essentially God's third teaching to us. And he says this. He says, honor the Lord with thy substance. He's talking about finances. And with the first fruits of all thine increase. That's talking about the tithe. So honoring the Lord with your substances, that's your offerings. And with the first fruits of the increase, that's your tithe. Colin, but here's the promise. He says, so shall your barns, which were their storage houses, that'd be the same as our bank accounts. So shall your barns be filled with plenty, and thy presses, that's another storage house, uh, shall burst forth with new wine. So when you sow seed, you can literally say, Angels, I honor the Lord with my substance uh, and with the first fruits of my increase. Therefore, go and cause my storage places to be filled with plenty. Amen. You can. <laughs> go, 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 uh, go ministering angels and fill the barns with plenty. And the presses to burst forth with new wine. Go, Amen. ministering angels, go. Praise the Lord. Oh, we thank you, Father. Father, we do charge the angels, and we do command them to go and to fill our storage houses to the full, to the overflow, to the busting forth, to the busting of the rims. And, Father, we thank you for it as we sow a seed and as we sow our tithes, Father God. What an honor and a privilege. Now, Satan... We command you, we bind you, we command you to take your hands off of the tithe, off of the, off of the uh, offerings, off of the increase, off of the work of the angels. Release the finances, release, 
prosperity in every area of life. That includes health and healing. Angels, go cause prosperity in every way to come. And, Father, we thank you that your word is true and your word is working. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. amen. Listen, them bringing you prosperity, you can serve the people. Them bringing you uh, prosperity, uh, you know, bringing health and healing is prosperity. Bringing provision, bringing groceries into the house. That's, we got to, listen, our angels got to go to work. They got to go to the grocery.